Hey there, folks. Trustworthy Fat Kev Smith. Before we start casting the pods, man, let me try to sell you something first, okay? Do you like me? Do you like my friends Jason Muse, uh, Ralph Garman? Then guess what? We're coming to a town near you, man. We're coming your way, man. Come see a Smod Co. show. Tickets at csmod.com. That's S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. Now, if you can't come to one of our shows, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to support this two-bit operation? Well, how about you kick back in your home with some family and friends and loved ones and play monopoly jay and silent bob strike back monopoly that's right man you can buy from jay and silent bob.com the home of the secret stash right there online a signed edition of uh jay and silent bob strike back monopoly me and muse sign it man jason muse jay himself me silent bob uh and the parts are real fun man they got a little cock knocker a little fist a little uh, a little suzanne a little blunt mobile it's crazy man get your hands on it you get drunk get stoned and play around of jay and silent bob strike back monopoly available signed by me and jason muse at jay and silent now here comes your Smodco podcast. Everybody in the brain trust getting tipsy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tolerating the dropping of the V and then the E in the word everybody just now. And also for listening to this podcast. I am in a town car in New York City overlooking the Empire State Building right now and the New York skyline. As I'm driving to the airport to fly back to Los Angeles. Oh, right there, the Freedom Tower as well. Uh, the, the beautiful tower built to replace the World Trade Center towers that were, of course, um, knocked down on 9-11. And uh, what a beautiful backdrop to be seeing as this podcast begins. I apologize, there was none last week during such a great news week. I was swept up in it, and I was quite busy with other things that needed prioritizedly, career-wisedly to be done. But I got it coming at you now. The last two weeks of news in still a short, tight, tidy podcast. So let's get right to it, since I'm approaching the airport in about 35 minutes. And uh, forgive the car noise. But you'll just, you know, it's like pretending you're, you're in a car, and that's how you'll think about it. As though you're in a car right now. Let's even skip the news theme. You'll know the stories coming at you as you hear them. Let's go right into the theme song. And then, this last week on Earth begins. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have the poor or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Kara, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week. Thank you all for tuning in to this podcast. I missed you. It's good to see you again, hear you, talk to you, talk with you, not hear you, but I know that you're hearing me. And that's 
almost as good. I mean, I get less information from it that I already didn't know, but you get information. That's the relationship we've built up here, podcast-wise. Um, I got to do the, the Today Show for the third time here in New York City just yesterday. This time I was on the Guys Tell All panel with Brody Jenner, son of Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner. A lot of Jenners in that sentence. Um, very nice guy. Bob Guinea, my buddy, the former Bachelor and comedian Rick Younger, along with Hoda Kotby, and filling in for Kathy Lee Gifford, Jenna Bush Hager, daughter of President Bush and granddaughter of President Bush. Um, it was a real fun time. I will post the link later today on my Twitter. By the time this comes out, it'll already be up there. And you can see, it was weird. I had a very strong commentary on women's shoes. And the episode ended with me, um, removing the, the shoes of Hoda and Jenna. And replacing them with sexy Jimmy Choo heels. It's weird. How did it happen? Watch the, watch the link and you'll see. You'll understand. Uh, but I'll also, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, I'll be in Utah, Salt Lake City, at Wise Guys Comedy Club. Get tickets right now. Right when you're listening to this, do it on your computer or your phone. If you can multitask. Uh, let's get to that news. Whole Foods admits to overcharging in New York City. Whole Foods CEO apologized to customers after a recent investigation revealed the grocery food chain was overcharging customers in New York City. The company released a video vowing to fix the issue, admitting that a small percentage of fresh food was being weighed incorrectly. Quote, straight up, we made some mistakes. We want to own that and tell you what we're doing about it. Co-CEO Walter Robb said in the video, interesting last name, Robb, Whole Foods will now return to their regularly scheduled absurd prices. South Carolina votes to pull Confederate flag about time. Hallelujah, I report. The South Carolina Senate voted 37 to 3 to remove the Confederate flag from statehouse grounds on Monday afternoon. One of the no votes, however, Republican Lee Bright, took the floor to urge a debate on gay marriage. Quote, our governor called us in to deal with the flag that sits out front, he said. Let's deal with the nation of sin that we face today. We talk about abortion, but this gay marriage thing, I believe we will be one nation gone under. It's time for us to make our stand. Make your stand while that flag comes down, and gay marriage is now legal, and you missed your chance for your stand, and you're an intolerant idiot, and the bill will be sent to the House, and hopefully it passes, and that flag... Fly it in your private life. If you want to put up divisive race-baiting race symbols, you do your bad self. But not on state grounds, not on government grounds. That ain't cool. That ain't cool, Porter. So I'm glad we agree on that, I say one-sidedly. How to avoid a shark attack. Look, in the past century, century, there have been 54 confirmed shark attacks on the North Carolina shore. In the past month, there have been seven. Two occurred June 14th within 90 minutes of each other on Oak Island, a place I don't want to go to ever. So I figured I'd bring you some tips, as reported on in the Daily Beast, the, the, the beasterly in the waters, about how you can avoid a shark attack yourself in your own life. Here's some great tips, okay? Always stay in groups. 
A shark's more likely to attack a solitary individual. Solitary man. Dun, 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 dun. Sol so that's a good tip, except I like to swim by myself in the ocean, so uh-oh. 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 That's LaGuardia Airport. That's not where we're going, Ralph, is it? No. Okay, great. We're going JFK? Excelente. So um, that's tip number one. Tip number two, don't wander too far from shore. This isolates individual additionally places one far away from assistance. Yeah, I like to swim deep out by myself, so I'm a Dumbo. I'm a Dumbo, the Dumbo the Elephant. Jumbo, Jumbo Clown Room. Avoid being in water during darkness or twilight hours. When sharks are most active, they have a competitive sensory advantage. I have done that. I have done that. I made out with a girl once in the ocean in Florida. Late at night, an ocean that had dolphins earlier in the day. Could have certainly been sharks there at night. Good news was not bitten by shark. Bad news was bitten repeatedly by mosquitoes. The mouse of the of the flying flying insect world. Mosquitoes. Do not enter water of bleeding from an open wound. And enter with caution if menstruating. A shark's olfactory ability is cute. This is a problem for me because I usually only go swimming in the ocean after I've been already cut open by something or when I'm on my period. So it's like almost like I'm a shark's wet dream. Wet becomes a wet nightmare for me when I get bitten by sharks. Wearing shiny jewelry is discouraged because the reflected light resembles the sheen of fish scales. <sighs> I usually when I'm on my period, after also having gone skateboarding, got my knees all bloodied up, I do like to enter the water wearing Mr. T-chains. Which makes you also shiny and also more likely to be pulled down by your heavy Mr. T-chains into the bottom of the ocean. So that's difficult. Avoid waters with known effluence or sewage, and those being used by sport or commercial fishermen, especially if there are signs of bait fishes or feeding activity. Diving seabirds are a good indication of such action. This one I'm fine. Sightings of porpoises do not indicate the absence of sharks. Both often eat the same food items. This is great news, except what are porpoises? I don't know what they are or look like, and so this tip is unable to help me unless I decide to use a Google. What is the purpose of that line, even? Sorry for that pun. Put me in a bit of a penundrum, if you understand what I'm saying. Hmm? Do you? Mmm! I love shark pie dipped in butter. Mmm! Only thing I love more than shark pie drenched in heavy pre and post cooking butter is racism. That's right, everybody. I'm Paula Dean. It's great to be here. My my boy posing a photo with me in brown face this week. Like a Ricky Ricardo because he had some splaining to do. And I refuse to do no splaining when I took that Twitter post down because I still don't understand the term racial sensitivity, y'all. Back to shark tips since it is shark week, I believe. Use extra caution when waters are murky and avoid uneven tanning and bright colored clothing. Sharks see contrast particularly well, so if you're half brown faced, don't go in that water. Refrain from excess splashing and do not allow pets in the water because of their erratic movements. I'm sorry, you can't splash a lot, you're gonna get eaten by sharks. It's the fun of going in the water if you can't splash around like a like a little monkey boy. Find that silly, a tip. 
I'm going to go in there. I'm going to swim deep. I'm going to be bloodied up. I'm going to splash around. I'm going to be eaten by a shark. Exercise caution when occupying the area between sandbars. What's that? I don't know. Or near steep drop-offs. That I do know. These are favorite hangouts for sharks. Drop-offs always scared me. I'm afraid I'd hit a big drop-off and there'll be a hundred-foot whale right there. I'm living inside a whale like Pinocchio or that Bible boy. I don't need that. Who need that? You can live a nice life in a whale, but for how long until you get lonely? There's no tinder in there. And lastly, do not enter the water if sharks are known to be present. No shit, assface. And evacuate the water if sharks are seen while there. Oh, yeah? Oh, what a handy tip. Oh, he also mentions in this article, and of course, do not harass a shark if you see one. See, that's hard for me. I enjoy actually sexually harassing sharks. I find a shark and I'm like, you come here with that blowhole. Do sharks even have blowholes? I don't know, but you're looking sexy, shiny gray. Shiny gray, it's Macy Gray's comeback album. She recorded it underwater. I try to say goodbye and I choke on shark. Shark, shark meat. Shark fin soup. Michelle O'Kay's White House tour selfies, the Daily Beast reports. Photographs will now be allowed on White House tours. After Michelle Obama ended a four-decade prohibition in Instagram video Wednesday. Quote, If you've been on a White House tour, you may have seen this sign. Holding up a sign that read, No photos or social media allowed. Well, not anymore. The White House is now encouraging visitors to tag photos taken on the tour with hashtag White House Tour. Of course, selfie sticks are now banned. Still banned. As are cameras with lenses longer than three inches. Selfie sticks, I was about to say, should be banned from life in general. But I use them sometimes because they're convenient. And I feel like an idiot every time I use them. I feel like the douchiest of all bags. All bag types, plastic or paper. But you look dumb. Just knowing you use one, you look really dumb. And like way too into picture taking. I do it maybe for broadcasts, periscope broadcasts. Or on the Great Wall of China, I use it for a good perspective shot. Don't bring it in normal life where you don't really need the extra perspective. Ask a human. Ask a human boy or girl if they'll take a photo with you. You might meet somebody. Talk to a human that doesn't come in digital form with the ability to like you by clicking on you. They can just like you in person in a more undefined way. So that's an option you always have. Donald Trump, of course, running for president, which is such pleasant, horrific news. Pleasant, communically, and horrific for every other reason on Earth. Did an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper. The Tap, as I just called him. And Tapper said to him, Mr. Trump, people say you're not really running for president. You just love the publicity. And Trump, in the worst bluff I've seen, nervously blinked and said, No, I'm in it to win it. And you could just tell in that moment when he blinked his eyes, it was a tacit admission. He could not hide with a poker face not strong enough. That he is in it for publicity. That he is a publicity-hungry scoundrel. A moronic purveyor of hatred and divisive language and white eyelids. But the reddest of all faces. Orange, really, but I like to up him one shade just for contrast. For comedic contrast. But he goes, I'm in it to win it. I mean, he's just like such a, he's just such a media created idiot. 
I saw that phrase in an NBA commercial once, I think, a minute to win it. I was like the old NBC show, minute to win it. Oh, not much, because NBC dumped him this week, got rid of The Apprentice, because of his divisive comments and racist comments that all Mexicans coming here across the border, that most of them are rapists or drug dealers or murderers. And some, I assume, are nice people. I assume some part of you is a nice person deep down in the depths of your blackened soul. Uh, Macy's also dropped him after 700,000 people signed a petition to get rid of his menswear clothing line, which is a smart move because in the first place, why would you ever want to look or dress like Donald Trump? He wears ugly suits and he has a toupee of hair that is so embarrassing. It would embarrass the, the animal from which it whence came. Whence forth. Uh, Wentz Pete Wentz George Went. Norm here's the thing okay oh by the way and Trump replied to Macy's dumping him by suing them and then tweeting for all those who want to hashtag make America great again boycott at Macy's they are weak on border security and stopping illegal immigration uh, Macy's doesn't need to be strong on border security. They are a store. They're not a government. They don't set up shop on the border. And secondly, you don't have to be weak on immigration or border security to not say that most Mexicans who come here are rapists. Those are different things. You are conflating them unnecessarily, me amigo. Okay? And here's the thing. The Republican Party now, not all the people in it, by any stretch, but the Republican Party is now being led by a circus of idiots. It's been quite some time now. And it is because the party leadership has no moral vigor whatsoever. They don't even have a moral code except every man for himself. Except us rich people should like stay together. Let's stay together whether you are rich or super rich. Let's Stay rich together Where the times are bad For poor people They are real sad I don't care Cause we're rich Ooh-wee was lesser known Sam Cooke Or Marvin Gaye Marvin Gaye song Who sang Let's Stay Together Do you know Rafi? No Great Good talk Good talk Here's the good news We may be And I'm excited to say this And speculate upon this we may be at a cultural and societal touchstone moment, a turning point where there is no going back. In a week that saw old painful traditions moved beyond and basic human rights for our fellow citizens, our fellow human beings, by the way, finally being recognized because, hey, guess what? They are human beings. And that is all the argument someone should ever have to give to demand their civil rights. And gay people didn't demand it. Instead, they did it while entertaining us, which was nice of them. Through shows like Will and Grace and people like Ellen. And parades that were perhaps a bit too sexually graphic to do on city streets. But still, mostly through patience and pleasantness. And the tide turned. And so perhaps we are at a new time in our history and there will be no turning back. Or maybe I'm wrong and we'll take major steps back again. But again, the good news is, progress never truly moves backwards for long. It can't. It's past that already. And in case you missed the stories, it would be impossible, but we had one of the most amazing weeks last week in human history, 
in American history. Gay people got the right to marry, as the Supreme Court ruled five to four, that gay people are entitled to the rights of straight people. And they can feel free to ruin their lives by getting married like everybody else. So that's exciting. And about damn time. In the same week, the Supreme Court also upheld Obamacare. Which the Republicans took over the Supreme Court for a second time. This time trying to strike it down because one sentence of the like 10,000 page bill said that funding only goes to state funded healthcare uh, exchanges. Which then they were arguing ruled out the federal exchange. Which was not the intent of the bill. So luckily... Five of the nine justices, maybe that was even 6-3, realized that intent's more important than a typo, essentially, and upheld that. And the same week, after the tragic shooting at the church in Charleston, South Carolina, it looks as though the Confederate flag is coming down in many parts of the country. So poor people, gay people, black people, all supported and defended and stood up for in one pretty great week. The week before that, the best thing we accomplished as a society was arresting Diddy for just being a great father. Taking a kettlebell to his son's football coach at UCLA for not playing his son. That is a dedicated father. Kettlebells are heavy. They are hard to lift, let alone take to somebody. But again on Trump real quick. How does this man expect to run our nation? He doesn't even know how to look like a human being. He literally, literally is orange. With white eyelids. He's just clearly not putting orange makeup on his eyelids for some reason. It just looks Dumbo. It looks Dumberino. It looks Dana Perino. You know what I'm saying? Oral sex is good for you, ladies. Documenting reality.com reports. Oral sex is good for women's health and makes you feel happier, according to a study which studied the effects of Siemens mood-altering chemicals. The State University of New York study, which... Scientists carried out via survey rather than through practical experiment, unfortunately. Compare the sex lives of 293 females to their mental health. Follows research which shows that seminal fluid contains chemicals that elevates mood, increases affection, induces sleep, and also contains at least three antidepressants. The researchers also claim that women who have regular unprotected sex are less depressed and perform better on cognitive tests. This study was conducted by the smartest man on the planet. I mean, what an idea for a study, bro. You go on with your bad self, Broseph Stalin. You, 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 you kick it up a couple notches, Brosephine Baker. I like what you do. But again, back from a very frivolous but yet important and noteworthy topic, back to the amazing week that was. It's happening, I think, in our country. I prayed it would happen. When Obama was elected, I knew, millions of us knew, it could be a major inflection point in the history of the planet. And last week on Earth solidified that it was. There's a, fl a photo floating around somewhere of me on my knees praying, essentially, to the American flag. Because the day that Obama was elected, I felt our nation stood up for what was right after many, many years of wrong. And elected to go in the direction of progress and change instead of moving backwards. It looks like Obama, after all, of the fits and starts and stymied advancement, in many ways did bring change. 
And he did a podcast. Congrats, Mark. That was amazing. In his garage. Pretty incredible. WTF. He became the first black president in a nation that sinfully and horrifically used to own black people. Bringing us to a smarter, more respectful conversation when it comes to race relations. He brought health care to millions. Saved the economy, which was on the brink of another Great Depression when he took office. Created millions of jobs. Brought the unemployment rate way down from over 10% to like 5%. Helped lead us toward equal rights for all of our citizens. Has taken compassionate action on immigration. Shifted us to a foreign policy where we don't have to take the run to the responsibility and pay the bill for everything that happens in the world while still hunting down and killing our greatest and most elusive target, Osama bin Laden. That's a pretty great track record, it sounds like to me. Sure, he hasn't led the war on ISIS perfectly, and so it's sort of letting them become the world's scariest and most powerful terror group, but you can't bat a thousand. And he's still got another year and a half, so hurry up on that one, pal. You don't want to pitch a no-hitter and then give up a grand slam in the ninth to ISIS, who isn't even familiar with baseball, or its analogies. But kudos, Mr. President, your presidency is starting to gel. You Heinz ketchuped us. But we waited, and it looks like you're coming through. It also would be nice if you could take some concrete steps to more officially stamp out racism, at least in the practices of our government and law enforcement, and get women to be paid equally, because that also is insane they are not. Because women, if anything, are generally more diligent than we are. I wrote this podcast on the back of a cocktail napkin, for example. Much of it. But going into a presidential election, politics just got very interesting again. And to celebrate the gay marriage decision by the Supreme Court, Obama turned the White House to a rainbow. While Republican leaders freaked the fuck out. Even before the Supreme Court's ruling, several prominent Republicans had pledged to disobey any high court ruling in favor of marriage equality. And had called on their fellow Republican leaders to do the same. For instance, Republican presidential candidates Rick Santorum and Mike Huckabee, the most intolerant of the crew, have both signed a pledge that reads, quote, we will not honor any decision by the Supreme Court which will force us to violate a clear biblical understanding of marriage as solely the union of one woman and one man. Close quote. Um, hey guys, you're not running for religious leader. You're running for president. In fact, there is a constitutionally protected separation of church and state, if you remember. And you could be thrown in jail for not doing what the Supreme Court says. Which wouldn't be a bad idea in this situation. Huckabee also challenged the authority of our nation's highest court when he said, quote, The Supreme Court can't overrule God. Oh, I'm glad that your version of God is the only acceptable one. Congrats on that amazing insight. Republican Senator Ted Cruz and Representative Steve King also called for Congress and any future Republican president to blatantly and flagrantly ignore such a Supreme Court reeling. Reeling and ruling. I'm really, they're reeling from it. Governor Huckabee took to Twitter after the ruling saying, the Supreme Court could no more overrule God's nature than overrule gravity. Um, untrue, because they just overruled God's nature as according to your own interpretation. And gravity's still round, bro. In fact, it brought an Academy Award to the young Sandra Bullock. Did it? I hope she won. I can't remember. It won Best Picture, at least, though. I'm certain of that. Not at all. I think maybe. But alas, 
just as it has in the fights for justice and equality throughout history, the Daily Beast reports. The Supreme Court has done its job, interpreting the Constitution of our nation and applying it equally to all Americans. Meanwhile, Wisconsin Governor, who will run for President Scott Walker, issued one of the more... One of the more curious formulations, I call on the president and all governors to join me in reassuring millions of Americans that the government will not force them to participate in activities that violate their deeply held religious beliefs, he said in a press release. No one wants to live in a country where the government coerces people to act in opposition to their conscience. As the article went on to speculate, it sounds as though Governor Walker believes this decision is going to force people to gay marry each other. And that is not going to happen. That is not one of the results of the gay marriage decision is now everybody has to get get has to get 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 themselves gay married now that's not part of it and of course southern states ignored the supreme court al.com reports at least 22 alabama counties were still denying marriage licenses to gay couples recently as monday despite the supreme court ruling and uh they're gonna get sued and it's gonna cost taxpayers huge amounts of money for a lawsuit they will lose and, of course, counties in other states, including Louisiana, Tennessee, and Kentucky, are also refusing to comply with the court's mandate. They will be, and some of them already dropped off of that list since this story was reported, but I hope you enjoy being on the complete wrong side of history always. That must be fun for you guys. Just dragged along, kicking and screaming to progress and evolution. People would get, when people aggressively refuse evolution, they die out. That's how the survival of the fittest works. Just FYEasy, okay? Just so you know, okay? Just so y'all know how that go. Iran nuke deadline keeps getting extended, New York Times reports. President Obama warned Iran last Tuesday that the country must stay within the framework for a nuclear deal the party established earlier this year. If Iran disagrees, Obama warned, oh, it's going to be a problem? Oh... The U.S.-led coalition also and Iran extended the deadline to July 7th, which just passed as well, and they extended it again after that. Now, a week and a half after the original deadline, it was already extended earlier than that. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, said last week that all sanctions on Iran must be lifted immediately after a deal is reached and balked at potential limits on nuclear research. While the U.S. said sanctions would be lifted gradually and strict limits on Iran nuclear research would be imposed, so it sounds like we're not that close to a deal at all. So we got to keep DAS in mind. Here's the weird thing about the whole deal. Why are we even really trying to make one when we know Iran can't be trusted? Even if we make the deal, they're going to have a lot of subterfuge and sneakiness behind the scenes to still do what they want to do. And all we're going to do is help their economy. Further, our ally Israel thinks it's a horrible idea to lift these sanctions. Thinks they will get a weapon to try to destroy Israel, which they often threaten. They're our greatest ally in the Middle East. Even Saudi Arabia is wary of this. And thirdly, if I'm on three, I get lost check. We don't, I don't know why I want this deal. Because as the Daily Beast and I both report, a nuclear agreement with Iran could give Tehran, the capital of Iran, a hundred billion dollar financial windfall when the sanctions get removed. A sum that even the Obama administration is concerned could be used to finance terrorism against American interests. Why on earth would we be trying hard to make a deal that we are concerned will then finance terrorism against our own selves? Doesn't that seem backwards as F? 
must be other means. In this one respect, I agree with Trump. We have to negotiate from strength, make the sanctions harder, and make them come to their knees and abandon this nefarious nuclear program that they claim is for energy, and we all know it's not. We all know it's to develop a bomb. So it truly makes no sense. But then again, do, do, do things in politics make sense? Often not too much. Half of millennials don't watch TV no more, the Guardian reports. New research from Ofcom, the UK's broadcasting regulator, finds that young people are increasingly turning towards streaming services to watch television. Just half of all viewing among 16 and 24-year-olds is through traditionally scheduled TV. Online streaming services such as Netflix and Amazon and YouTube are increasingly being preferred to consume video. Yeah, no shit. No shit Sherlock. Podcasts also popular. At Last Week on Earth for quotes each week of the episodes. Is that why I reported that? Sort of. It's also interesting. California makes vaccines mandatory, the San Jose Mercury News forcibly reported. On Tuesday, California Governor Jerry Brown signed into law a bill that requires mandatory vaccinations for almost every school child in the state. Why did I make him sound like Trump? I don't know. I haven't worked on a Jerry Brown in a long time. The law strikes the state's previous exemptions for personal or religious beliefs. Now you have to get a vaccination if you're a child unless you have medical problems, including immune system deficiencies, that will exempt you. Parents who decline vaccinations often enroll their children in home-based private schools or off-campus public independent study programs. Quote, the science remains unequivocal that vaccines are safe and vaccines save lives, said State Senator Richard Pan, who co-authored the bill. I know, that's not what I heard. That is not what I heard from Jenny McCarthy before she took that back and from Jim Carrey, still sort of. So I'm torn between science and Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey. I'm always on the razor's edge of that moral conundrum. True blood? Vampires fear telling doctors. Daily Beast reports. People who identify as real-life vampires worry about coming out to doctors about their blood-sucking ways, a new study that somebody conducted for some reason reports. Researchers looked at 11 long-term self-identifying vampires, that's a thing in life, who say they find consenting donors to let them ingest blood. Participants worry that telling doctors about their identities would prejudice them based on unfounded stereotypes. Unfounded, you suck human blood, you're not really a vampire, that's not really a thing. Stop being so crazy, boo! Come on, boo-boo baby. Boo-boo blood-sucking baby. The most common reason for the unusual ingestion was a lack of energy. Have a fucking Red Bull, you weirdo. Researchers say vampires claim human blood perks them up. Most vampires believe they were born that way. They don't choose this, said people who take Anne Rice's interview with the vampire too seriously and other vampire-based shows. I mean... I'm all about embracing alternate lifestyles, but maybe we could tell vampires shut the fuck up, huh? How's that sound? Tell them nicely, otherwise they're going to bite you and suck your blood out. Baltimore police vans to get cameras. Reuters reports. Baltimore Mayor Stephanie Rawlings-Blake announced Wednesday the city's police vans will soon be outfitted with cameras in an effort to prevent fatal injuries like the one Freddie Gray suffered. Gray was transported in a van with an on-recording camera the driver could have used to check on the passenger, but it was not working at the time. It's time we make some changes, of course, to protect innocent people or people who are guilty of small things from having their lives taken from them from racist police officers. So that's 
any move towards that is a smart move. And I'm glad to hear it. Scientology dad to tell all Hollywood reporter reports, as reporters do. The father of church and Scientology leader David Miscavige has signed a deal to pen a tell-all book about his son and the controversial organization loved by Travolta and Cruz and Elfman's. The forthcoming book called If He Dies, He Dies, after what the younger Miscavige allegedly said about his dad during an apparent heart attack, that's sweet of him, will be released with St. Martin's Press. Ronald Miscavige Sr. says he brought, sounds a lot like Ronald McDonald Jr., doesn't it? Is there a Ronald McDonald Jr.? Is Ronald McDonald Jr.? I don't know. Says he brought David and the rest of his family to the church in 1960, but the son had a cruel change of heart after his father distanced himself from the group. Hope this book takes everybody down. It's a creepy organization. I went recently into the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center in Hollywood after I did a show at UCB, Troy Conrad's Prompter Improvised Show, just to see what it was all about. And uh, it was creepy. Guy opened the door, lurch style, right as we were about to touch it. Nice man, nice guard, but, you know, we got escorted through the Celebrity Center past L. Ron Hubbard's office, which I did sneak a photo of. If you remind me online, I'll post a picture on my Instagram. Or somewhere. And uh, sat down for a video about how great and not creepy Scientology is. How people that are there voluntarily and read and study voluntarily. Here's a hot tip. When your organization has to tell you when you come in for a tour of the space in a video how not creepy they are, they are creepy as fuck. Just a little... Side note, Britain Schindler dies at 106, BBC News reports. A Czech stockbroker who saved more than 650 Jewish children from Nazi Germany has died at the age of 106. They called him Britain Schindler because Nicholas Winton arranged to transport Jewish youngsters from Prague after Germany annexed Czechoslovakia in March 1939. They were originally set to arrive to, in Britain by plane. The German invasion forced Winston to transport them by train through Germany before they eventually reached England by boat. Winston arranged eight trains, known as the Kinder Transports, or Children's Transports, to evacuate the children, and died on the anniversary of the 1939 departure of one carrying the largest number of children, 241. Winston was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2003 for his efforts despite keeping it secret for nearly 50 years. I just wanted to report that story with no jokes around it, because people like that that stand up against oppressive, horrible... Murderous regimes is the best hope and best example of humanity and what we can be and do. And also to pay tribute to my grandfather, Joseph Gleberman, who uh, also helped to get children back with their families after World War II ended. He was held in a labor camp during World War II. And then when he was released, finally after the war ended, he worked to bring children that were held there to Israel, found them homes, got them back with their original families or adopted into new families, and was an amazing man. And his, his birthday was July 5th, which just passed, so I wanted to pay a little bit of tribute to my hero, my grandfather Joseph. And um, file this under progress, Episcopal Church okays gay marriage. Look at that for progress right there. The Episcopal Church voted Wednesday to allow religious weddings for same-sex couples, a decade after the church's first openly gay bishop was elected. They voted 129 to 26 in favor of a gay marriage at the Episcopal General Convention in Salt Lake City. Quote, 
We learn to not only care for, but care about one another, said the Reverend Brian Baker to the Associated Press. That mutual care was present in the conversations we had. Some people disagreed, some people disagreed deeply. But we prayed and we listened and we came up with compromises that we believe make room and leave no one behind. Okay, Diane. There we go. There we go, Diane. And on that positive and hopeful note, a note of progress and evolution, it's time to check in with the Brain Trust. The Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The Glebe Squad. The Be Glebers and all of us. Hashtag Be Glebers. Overtaking the Justin Bieber Believers one follower at a time. One supporter at a time. The Friends with Benefits. The Be Glebists. It's time. Check with the Brain Trust. It's time for Twitter answers. Hello, Brain Trust. By the way, there won't be a thunder round this week as I'm approaching the airport and we've already had enough silly stories peppered throughout. Don't forget the very important story about how great oral sex is, though. I asked the Brain Trust, what was your favorite day or week of your life? Favorite MN Frosty Boy said, May 8 and August 12th, days my daughters were born. Hashtag last week on Earth. Hashtag LWOE. That is cool. People say that. I don't know the love of having a child. I may never know it. I will. One day, maybe. But I'm very happy for you. It's adorable. Two daughters. Cute, cute daughters, I assume. Melanie Kershart's at Step Dancing Fool. 8-26-2000. A day sail on Lake Erie as a guest aboard the U.S. Brig Niagara. Awesome. That sounds pretty cool. Being a guest on a naval ship. Bridget Woodbury at B. Woodbury who also runs the at Last Week on Earth account and tweets highlights of the podcast, quotes every single week, says, It really probably was the day I finished my goddamn master's degree. She always refers to it as her goddamn master's degree. I don't know why she does that. Why would you do it and be so into it and then call it a goddamn master's degree? Unless you use that as a term of affection. I'm confused by it, but congratulations on it. And at UK Brain Trust, Chris Carter, the man who runs the British Bureau of this podcast, Says 5-13-12. My team won first league title in 44 years with last kick of the game. Best arch rival beat arch, arch rival to the title. I don't know what sport you're talking about. I assume it's soccer because you're in England. And you like that ball kicking game over there. So congrats. I'm very happy for you about your soccer thing. And Pierre Jason Kelly at Johnny Arcade. Wednesday. Because it's my day to watch at Idiot Test Show. I love that. Thank you. Which reminds me, I should plug, Idiot Test airs every Wednesday at 10, 9 central, two back-to-back episodes a week after Rebecca Romaine's Skin Wars. also a great show. Please tune into both on GSN. Follow us at Idiot Test Show on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And follow me at Ben Glebe on all social media and Periscope where I broadcast almost daily snippets and clips of my life behind the scenes of the Today Show just yesterday. And I will be performing in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys this Friday and Saturday, July 10th and 11th. I'll be at the Pemberton Music Festival with TJ Miller, Eric Andre, Tim and Eric, Cheech and Chong, Tig Notaro, Ali Wong, and many others. Along with amazing musicians like the Black Keys, Hosier, Kid Cudi, Portugal the Man, Tiesto. A lot of great people. Amazing lineup. Go to PembertonFestival.com, PembertonMusicFestival.com, something like that for tickets and information. 
on July 17th, my performance Saturday in the mountains near Whistler, Canada. And then July 21st through 26th, I'm headlining the uh, Harris Hotel and Casino, the improv there in Las Vegas on the Strip. Get tickets at improv.com. And then now added in early August, I'll be performing at a casino in Minnesota. More details next week. I'm pulling up down to the airport and my flight starts boarding in one minute. And I take off in about 30 minutes from now. So hopefully I'm okay to get through. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being here. And until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.